2: You are listening to The Coming Out Tapes, an audio archive of LGBTQ stories. I am your curator, Keris Bradley. Uh, Welcome to this episode of The Coming Out Tapes. Um, Today I'm joined by... The comedian Rachel Wheatley is going to be sharing their coming out story. So, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to okay. the listeners?
3: Hello, I'm Rachel Wheatley. I'm a comedian. I'm 36. Uh, I'm. What? I, <laughs> I don't know why. I actually. That, that is going to be relevant later. So, that's why okay. I say it.
2: Um, well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, how do you identify? Uh, I identify as bisexual. Okay. Uh, and what's your gender identity? Female. Cool. Uh so when did you first start using the word bisexual to describe yourself?
3: Um just now when you asked me. I <laughs> I literally wouldn't describe myself as that to anybody. Uh in terms of like um like I have attended things which are uh community events for bisexual women because I feel that's the closest definition of what I am, but I probably wouldn't introduce myself as that. Unless someone asked me a really specific question like, how do you identify, your, what do you identify your sexuality to be? So, um, but I suppose, what was the question? Is how, how do you, uh, no, when did you first start when describing did the, yourself as? Okay, well I suppose when I started thinking about it, uh, I would have been like, I don't know, sixteen maybe, or something like that. I mean when I started thinking about boys, I started thinking about girls. And that that was what it was rather than, I don't think um, the politics kind of names and things came into it at that point. Okay, um, and uh, so so you, you had
2: these, uh, the same kind of feelings towards girls as you had towards boys, but you weren't like labeling it. Did you have relationships with boys and girls?
3: Um, No, I think when I was at school, it wasn't, it it was kind of like everybody was having heterosexual snogs when I was, when I was a teenager, that was what was happening. And there wasn't really, it, it would, I suppose I went to a girl's school and there wasn't any homosexual, bisexual stuff going on that was talked about. I'm sure there probably was, but I wasn't doing any of it and it wasn't. Uh, discussed Probably because it would In some way kind of like I don't know Threaten the sisterhood Or something <laughs> I'm not really sure what it was But it was just a very like uh, You're better at knowing these names than me Heteronormative kind of situation were In you, my school
2: uh, Were you in school during section 28?
3: I don't know what section 28 is So you'll have to tell me that first.
2: Um, So it was introduced in 1987 uh, and then it was repealed in the 2003, I think, or 2001. Right. Um, and it was a piece of legislation introduced by Margaret Thatcher, um, about preserving the family. Uh, and so basically, it said that you weren't allowed to present same-sex relationships as positive things
3: in schools. I had no idea that was a thing. That's horrific. Yes. What an awful. Why yeah. don't I know about that? <laughs> because I, because I. Well, I'm I'm absolutely gobsmacked by that and I don't know anything about it. So I'm just going to have to take it at complete face value that that's what it was. So I was in school. I was in school under that entire... Yeah, that was my school period mm. because I was six when... So I would have been six when that was made and I would have been uh, well out of university by the time it was repealed. So that probably didn't help. Yeah, so in terms of no one was really talking about this kind of stuff... I mean No, we had a lot of anti drugs, uh, personal social education lessons. Like a lot of anti drugs ones and a lot of anti um and a lot of stuff about STIs and we didn't I can't remember having any on um, you know, what relationships look like or the fact that there's a lot of uh gay people in the world and you might be one and that's fine. Um having said that my headmistress was gay but never spoke about it
2: well it would have been illegal for her to do that
3: yes I suppose it w- I mean I literally that that has blown my mind um I I didn't realize that that was the case so I thought she didn't talk about it because she just didn't want to talk about it um and the school generally didn't make any nod to the fact that you might At any point, have a sexuality or a sex life of any description in terms of the actual, the the way the school operated, Um, but I found that even amongst my friends, it was kind of like not a thing to be kissing girls when you were out at parties or anything like that. Just didn't happen. Not even in a hilarious way. Like not in it. Not in any way at all. So yeah. Do you remember the first time that you like learnt the word bisexual? I don't remember it I remember that it didn't exist when I was at school or it wasn't something I was aware of when I was at school so I guess it would have been I think actually it would have been a friend of mine at university who identified as bisexual and that wasn't a thing I'd come across before that was probably when um and when did you start to
2: go to bisexual or community events for bisexual people uh, Very recently so
3: like two or three years ago.
2: Why did you decide to start doing that?
3: Because I wanted some people in my life who would have the same outlook as me Um and I also was going through a process of coming out to my family and stuff like that and so it was quite helpful just to talk to people who had the same outlook like it to me it it doesn't matter whether your bisexuality or your sexuality is a part of your life or not, it, but it does affect how you see the world every second of every day. And so it was really important for me to come out because I felt like I was kind of, I mean, drowning is a, it's probably too far, but I felt really kind of squashed by not being out at a certain point. I think I spent my whole uh, like early adult life cantering through getting married and having kids and not doing anything about it because that takes up a lot of energy and time and thought and stuff. And then having come out the other end of all of that, I was like, I felt sort of like, well, there's no reason not to uh, come out to everybody, but I haven't. That was the tricky bit. So uh, so that's why I was kind of like, I need to find the community and actually talk to people and that will help me because it will normalise it in my own head more and that will be easier how did you find that community where did you look for them um, I I I remember there being loads of uh, stuff in time out when I was a teenager but I didn't go to any of it because it was just like well that would be a scary thing to do I'm not going to do that um, and then I think when I decided to find the community, I looked again in places like that. And it just, what, there wasn't very much going on. Um, but then uh, meetup groups were the place where everything seemed to be. So I looked for meetup groups and I found, I found the nichest meetup groups ever, which is amazing. So there's one called By, it's, <laughs> I think you're supposed to pronounce it Bewitched. So it's By women which is abbreviated to w and then hitched so married bisexual women meetup group there is one of those so i went to that and and there found people who were like in exactly the same situation as me which is amazing and there's not loads of them but there are some of them and that's enormously helpful
2: uh so meetup um is a website where people can organize events and meetups yes and you just like type in the words that you care about And then you find that there are like eight groups who really care about those things within a 10 mile radius of you. So it's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. And living in London, I'm lucky because there's almost certainly going to be a meetup group for something very specific to me Mm -hmm. here. I mean, if I was but then I I think I think a lot of lifestyle choices have been based on that. So I haven't moved away from London partly deliberately because that's something that I want to be able to uh, find easily if I was in the middle of nowhere in a village somewhere, it would be a lot harder and I don't want to be talking to people online that I never meet so
2: why uh, do you think that it helped to like so when you met up with the uh, bewitched group, mm. did you like sit in a circle and talk about how you were all bisexual and married or did you like go no to... it's
3: more like it's more like um, the people who organize that meetup group. Uh, pick a pub and everybody comes to the pub and you just it's just a social event that's it and it's uh, but, but but the nice thing is that whilst you do talk to people about your situation you're immediately into talking to them about that because that's what you're there for as opposed to a lot of different walks of life where you're never going to get to that conversation like I have friends who I'm not out to because I met them through uh, our children so that's i mean i i should get round to coming out to them and i hope to but i but it's a very diff- it's difficult to get there when your reason for meeting up and seeing each other is actually something completely different um so i st- and i still feel i still feel nervous about coming out to women because they might think that the reason i'm telling them is because i <laughs> fancy them or I don't know that's something that's entirely in my own head that doesn't exist as a thing but it's one of the things that stops me from doing it if you see what I mean or I have to answer a lot of very difficult questions about why are you telling us because it is really important to me to be out and that's literally all it is but to other people they're like well why is that important because on paper you're just a straight person so you know
2: do you think that you would find this easier, like if you were in a relationship with a woman, do you think your attitude to it would be different? Or do you think you're um, struggling? Because, well, as without
3: as... directly answering the question, because I can't imagine what it would be like to be in a relationship with a woman, because I'm not. But, but all I would say is, it's, um, I think bisexuality is simultaneously more difficult and easier because you get to go stealth whenever you want to. I don't have to come out to anyone and I look straight to people. I mean, in terms of my situation, I don't mean physically look straight but I, you do have short hair, so I do have short hair, but I haven't dyed it <laughs> an awesome color like yours um no, but so the point is I cannot come out to people if I want to. However, when I do come out to people because I'm in a uh relationship with a guy, sometimes they just don't believe me or they don't understand why I'm telling them or why it's important. Is this a
2: response that you get from? just straight people or also from the friends that you have
3: within the lgbtq community um well i have heard secondhand that bisexuality is sometimes um looked down on by other groups in the lgbt community however i have not experienced that myself um so i can't really can't really provide anything useful um and it it mostly is you know british people are very um polite so they they wouldn't directly say why are you telling me this or what's the, or or what does this mean or whatever but they just you know there's lots of questions like um you know it's like i'll come up to somebody they'll say oh well, do you have a girlfriend and i'll be like no and they go "Oh," in a sort of like well right you know, it just seems like a sort of uh overshare, maybe. What sort of context are you coming out to people? Um, every context I can now because I really want to be out. So I try to introduce myself. I try to weave it into conversation super early with people now. But that's literally only happened in the last few months. And that's because I've deliberately surrounded myself by people from the communities I've been talking about. So that like Two people I've met this week for coffees and chats and stuff have been from that community so I'm talking about it all the time and that means that it's much easier to talk about. And so when I meet brand new people I'll try to come out to them super fast so that it's there and I don't have to do it again. I mean I think that's the difficult thing about coming out generally is you've got to do it over and over again sometimes. And is that when you say coming out is that like literally saying the
2: words oh by the way i'm bisexual or is it like referencing one of the groups that you went to or I would
3: do something quite tangential in that i would only be making a reference to it as a in order to get to a point that i'm trying to make but but i would do it deliberately if if you see what i mean i'll yeah. try and get it in there if possible um but i don't know like i'm i met somebody uh recently who's a comic and i would just say um I i was trying to explain how it's difficult sometimes to write comedy when it doesn't fit with your with the rest of your comedy so i've written some jokes which are basically gay jokes but i can't really put them in without you know audiences get confused because i'm also talking about my husband and you know and without kind of going into a big long sexuality bit i can't just chuck them in and so I would say, you know, I'm bisexual. I've written this joke, uh, but I can't use it because I don't have a... I don't want to put massive, great sexuality chunks into my set. Blah, blah, blah. Do you see what I mean? So I'll just find a a reason to reference it. But at least then it's there. And and I put it on my Twitter bio and stuff. So, So it's there to people if they see that. I just kind of try and force myself to be out, like not... Because it's easy not to be, so therefore I I kind of have to put things in place to make sure that I am. Okay, so you've got your sort of coming out patter
2: um, and like how you kind of fit it into the conversation. Sort of. Mm. Working on it. Um, when was the first time that you came out and who did you come out to?
3: Uh, I came out to my boyfriend, who's now my husband, when I was 18. Oh, wow. But we've you've... been together for se- now, this is... Right, we got together in two thousand so that I wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> so we've been together for eighteen years. Yes. Excellent. Yes. So a long time. And yeah. um and I told him really early on and how he responded to that question was very important to me. And luckily he he was completely fine with it. So that's uh that was good. But that was before I still didn't come out to any of my friends at that point. It wasn't like I came out to him and then I came out to everyone else. I came out to him and then I did nothing about it and didn't come out to anybody for probably a decade, maybe longer. Maybe I've literally only just started doing it. So it's this is very much a work in progress that you're experiencing right now. Unfortunately, this will be the way that I come out to some people, this actual podcast. Well, that,
2: you know... Is in a little way what the podcast is for? So that's well, I'm, I'm
3: glad about that. And I'm, I'm really happy to have a chance to do it because it's a, it's another thing which is getting me to do it more. So it's fine.
2: But yeah. When did you first come out to your family?
3: Um, About two years ago when I started getting involved with the community in order to sort of make all of that easier. And I was writing stand-up about it. And I think actually my head was... In my head somewhere, I decided to write stand-up about it so that I had to come out to them. Because the idea of one of them coming to a gig... And seeing me doing material and finding out that way was awful. So I thought, if I write material about it and start performing it, then I'm going to have to woman up and and tell them as well. Do you think that
2: if you had not been performing stand-up about it, or if you were not a stand-up, you just never would have come out to your family? Or do you think you would have done?
3: I think I would have done, because I, I felt the encroaching walls of the closet on me. Um a few years ago and I really didn't like I I was basically like I had a word with myself one day and was just like look rage. either you stay in the closet forever and I don't even like this closet word I don't even know why I've adopted it because it's awful but just for the sake of a metaphor that people will understand you know yeah so uh, um, like
2: one of the origins of the closet thing is it's like skeletons in your closet that's kind of where it comes from okay just Fun fact.
3: But which which in itself makes the whole thing, you know, a negative... Yeah, it's kind of gross, isn't it? So I don't really like the fact that I'm using that, but I can't think of anything else right now. The, the point was that um, I thought either you don't come out ever to the general everyone, um, or you do it now. Like, start doing it. And so I just did loads of... Th- I mean, I think doing stand-up has helped because it just it helps you to get over things which are scary so do you um do you think that a motivation
2: for coming out is sort of the like the more people that you tell the more real that it is so um there are like it's always so for a lot of bisexual people their sexuality is like constantly questioned and if you never have the i had a relationship with a person of this gender identity and then i had a person a relationship with a different A person with a different gender identity.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices.
1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores
2: or sleepnumber.com. And then you have that kind of like, like, so I don't want to say proof because that implies that there is a necessity to proof. Hmm. But you have those examples that you can throw back in the faces of people who are sort of questioning it. Do you think that given that you don't have that?
3: Um
2: you're sort of telling people and then it becomes more...
3: It doesn't become more real to me but it. But I suppose it's... Um, I don't know. I think, I think it's kind of a self-referential validation. I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't have anything I can point to and just be like, well, there's this relationship that I have. I don't have that. But... Um, and so, yeah, in that sense, I would agree with you that it's important... For me to be uh to be out now I am, and so telling people about it and putting it on my Twitter and all this stuff is part of that, and yeah, that is building up gradually a thing where it's like, well, it is out there, you know recording this podcast means that it is out there in in, a, in addition to everything else so yeah
2: so it's important it's important for you that you're telling people because you want to be out it's not that it's important for you to be seen to be bisexual. Does that distinction make sense?
3: Um, It's not important for me to be seen to be bisexual because that doesn't, I mean it's not like I think that being bisexual is some kind of cachet that I am proud of and want to have It's it's just that's who I am and I don't, I didn't, it was like before I said that I was constantly feeling like I was not telling everyone the whole story and therefore not being myself and therefore kind of being quite Like, not to get too into psychological issues, but I used to think that the reason I was on the periphery of all my friendship groups was because I was a little bit gay and I hadn't told them. And so I couldn't be really in the middle of the friendship groups for that reason. Then I came out to a lot of people and I realised, that actually, that has nothing to do with it. (laughs) I'm on the periphery of friendship groups because I'm a comedian. right? Or I'm I'm just naturally an outsider that's to do with my personality. It's not got to do with my sexuality. So in a way, it's like I've come out and now I'm like, oh, now I understand myself a bit better because actually I attributed loads of stuff to the fact that I was closeted, which was not correct.
2: (laughs) But now you can really see your actual personality.
3: Yeah, and when I go into the community of bisexual women who are married, I'm on the periphery of those groups as well because I am just much happier on the periphery of friendship groups. So it's got nothing to do with the slightly... You know me being slightly not who i who I was presenting as thing, mm. yeah, this has become like in the psychiatrist's chair, <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking so like I
2: had a similar kind of thing where I thought like I wasn't very good at being a friend or being friends with people, um, and always kind of felt like I was on the edge in secondary school, and I thought that was because I was gay uh and didn't really know it or uh, uh, queer um and then. I came out and I definitely am like I'm very different now to the person that I used to be both in uni and in secondary school. And I think I'm a lot more like comfortable in myself. Mm. But I still do feel that I am like, like I don't have the same relationships with people that I see other people having with each other. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, like just that feels like more of a kind of a conscious choice now.
3: Yeah. No, exactly. And I, I feel exactly the same like my relationships with people are not the relationships with people that you see in TV, TV, TV characters having, you know. Yeah. Um but have I have I said that you helped me with this whole process as well? You have not. Okay, no. I need to put that in there. Well, you're the first person I saw talk about being bisexual on stage. Oh. And therefore anywhere in like you know, people had talked about it in the pub. People, I'd not seen anybody in the, me, in the media or the entertainment world or the TV or anything talking about it. Um, so when you talked about it, I was like, right, I have got to start dealing with this thing because other people are. <laughs> so, thanks, Gareth. <Karis. laughs> uh, it is a good, I think it's a really good medium
2: to like discuss it. Yeah, when you sit on stage with a microphone.
3: Um, when everyone has to listen to you I yeah. know that's the great thing about stand up Listen to me And the
2: writing process I think is really great Because when you're writing it You're thinking How is this going to be received What different words do I need to use In order to like get the biggest laugh Or whatever And then you think about the real meaning of those words And then you get a much deeper understanding Of your relationship with that thing yes. Than you otherwise would have done
3: And I use stand up for therapy in that way All the time
2: Yeah <laughs> Uh so what we're saying is <laughs> if you're in the closet why don't you try stand up um
3: and then take... I would encourage everybody to stand to yeah. try stand up but if you're trying to work out a way of coming out and forcing yourself out uh almost against your own will uh <laughs> it's not a bad way of doing it um so where so you're out on stage
2: on yes. in the times when you're telling jokes that it yeah makes sense for you to do that
3: uh and you're out to your partner are you out to your kids I'm going to be at the moment they are eight, five and three. So the conversations we're having at the moment is me challenging them when they are having conversations about how girls cannot be cannot be in love with girls. Which they are having. You know, they're having all these conversations at the moment. Who are you in love with, Alice? Alice is three, right? So it's like <laughs> Alice isn't in love with anybody, but but when they're talking about um relationships and how uh, you can't, you can't be in love with a boy because you are a boy. I will, I will say, oh no, you can. There are, there are uh, lots of boys who are in love with boys and girls who are in love with girls, and that's what I'm saying to them. And at some point, I will get to coming out to my kids. Now, how exactly I do that, I'm not sure, and I don't want to get it wrong. So until I've worked it out, I haven't. Do, how do you think that it would go wrong? Um, it would go wrong because they would be confused by it. So in their heads, um, I and my husband are their mum and dad, which is like very, very important to them to a point which I can't really even begin to understand. And I don't want to undermine that understanding in a way that will confuse them. So I have to just be, I have to just say, you know, sort of things like, uh, and I'm working this out as I'm talking, so I haven't worked this out yet. You can probably help me actually, you know, I would say to them something like if mummy uh had another relationship it could be with a, a woman you know and that happens and that would be that would be possibly something that would happen to me and or I but I don't know because that's a very hypothetical thing which they would find confusing as well because they're very young yeah I'd, so it's really hard and I don't have a thing to point to well I can't say oh before Before um, dad was my husband, I had a girlfriend, specifically. So, uh, although I have actually said that on stage because it it was a shortcut. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: I don't know at what age you learn the hypothetical, like the potential, but it's not... I'm not saying this will happen.
3: Mm. I'm just saying... Well, and that's the thing to guard against because I'm never talking to one of them. I'm always talking to all of them. And so the five-year-old has less understanding of the hypothetical than the eight-year-old and, you know, so on. But I'll work it out. And when I work it out, um, I'll come back on the podcast (laughs) and I'll tell you how you do that. Um, But but it helps enormously when other people are out. So uh, Tom Daly came out uh, when I started to talk to people about this sort of thing, and that helped me as well. So I remember thinking, well, if if he who has so much on the line in terms of, you know... um, He's managed to do it in a way which has been very successful for him, I feel. But there are no, uh, or now I might not be right about this, but there are very few out sports people. So he's one of the very earliest sports people to be out. And the more of those that there are, the better. Because the more people I can point to, to my kids, and say, look, there's a, there's a boy that you've heard of who's in love with a boy. That's, that makes it so much easier. So, I just think like that's partly why that's another reason for me wanting to be out. It's not just for me, but it's like the more people who are out, the better mm. essentially.
2: I think it's interesting that when you are talking about talking to your kids, all of the examples that you're giving are like specifically about the relationships, so you're not saying to your kids, "Look, there's Tom Daley, Tom Daly is bisexual. you're talking about his husband so do yeah. you, are you sort of leaving the labels for
3: Later, I just have a really massive problem with the word bisexual and I don't really know why, but it just, it's just, I think it's,
2: it's just a word I don't like. Do you think that maybe that was because when you were like going through puberty and forming your identity, you were bombarded by the media and television all telling you that bisexuality is just a way for women to get really slutty and get loads of men to be attracted to them? Um, yeah. I
3: don't think that because that wasn't my experience, was it not I so that that I was one I didn't identify i didn't I didn't notice that happening if yeah. that was happening.
2: that was one of the reasons why like I really took a disliking to the word oh, because for me, that's the like association that it was was oh, right. given to me
3: no, I just think it it is a clumsy word to say I mean like literally that I just don't like saying it like it <laughs> doesn't work as a word for me. well, I'm a comedian, right. There's, when I write comedy, I'm I'm always putting better words into sentences. Yeah, because I work in that slightly weird way of like actually writing it down and then performing what I've written down. So I'm always looking for better words, and there are words that I love and words that I hate. And bisexual is like, it's got too many handbrake turns in it in terms of the vowels. <laughs> Sorry uh, to kind of like smash through your social <laughs> comment that you were making there, which is a very sensible one. But it is literally just about the fact that I don't like the way that you have to get your mouth around it like so that kind of puts
2: out any word that has sexual in it
3: uh so it's not something i would i would happily say actually no i avoid do you prefer bi no okay what about pan well pan is much nicer to say but i find that uh and it's more accurate actually as well like that really is how i should identify um just a lot more admin involved, though, isn't there? When you come out as pan, well, yeah, it's like now there are seventeen questions as opposed to two. You know, like yeah, and I, I, when I see people identifying as pan, I kind of think, good for you because that's more accurate than what I identify as, if I do. But, um, but it still seems it's a word that I only associated with kitchen utensils until like, probably two years ago. I'd literally never heard it used in that context before. So I'm over 35, you know. It's like anything that I've only just discovered I don't trust, whereas anything that was there when I was growing up, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm on board with that, whatever it is. Do you see what I mean? Mm. Like, it's just too new to me to be able to use it. And queer is the same. It's like, I get what that is, and I think it's a good word. It just isn't a word that I, I have... that feels... uh natural to use i think it's really difficult because when
2: you're trying to describe your sexuality there are already so many like negative emotions associated with what's happening because we spend so much time suppressing this stuff mm-hmm. and like growing to like hate that part of ourselves that if you also don't have a word that kind of feels right in your mouth you kind of project those negative emotions on that word mm. and then it becomes very difficult to associate how the word sounds and those emotions mm. if that makes sense yes yeah yeah It's tricky. So, you're still in the process of coming out, coming out sort of in all parts of the life that you have where you've had the opportunity to come out pretty much. Yes. Um, Do you have any particularly memorable
3: coming out stories? Um, Well, I, I suppose all I would say is that I chickened out of a lot of it. Okay. Or, or not chickened out of a lot of it, but I approached it in a way... Actually, that's a horrible thing to say, because I think it's a valid way of doing it. But I feel that I chickened out, in that I emailed my family. It's not objectively cowardly, but when you chose to do it, it was... It felt cowardly, because I couldn't do it in person. Okay. Or at least, I, I thought about doing it in person, that that would be preferable. And I thought about it and thought about it. And in the end, something in my head was just like, will you just... Do this thing. If it means emailing, then email, but for God's sake, you're suffocating yourself. So, so, um. Was it like a group email? I sent a group email to my sisters, because there are two of them. Uh, and, and then I separately emailed my mom and I separately emailed my dad. My mom and dad aren't together. And I, and there was a big separation there because I'm, I was almost like, you know, it felt like some kind of obstacle course that I was on. Where I was like, right, I've done that, and the, and and also it meant that I inevitably had to do the next person. But it was just like, right, just give it. <laughs> there was a gap in between where I just recovered, and then yeah, I mean, there was no recovery to do in terms of they were all lovely about it, but oh, that's good. But um, but it still, it still helped to do it incrementally, I suppose.
2: I think emailing is a great way to come out. You get to put down the actual words that you actually mean mm. instead of having to try to remember them and then they come out wrong.
3: That's why I did that. Did it that way. Mm. It was a sort of control thing, I think.
2: Um, and then also the person that you come out to, they are not with you and then they get the space to think about how they actually want to react. Yes, because facial
3: expressions to. stay with you. And oh, yes, they do. <laughs> it would be nice. I just thought it would be nice to get a measured response. Yeah. And I got a measured response from everybody. And um, they were all very accepting and very much like, we love you, you know, whatever is going on in your life type thing. Mm. So, So that's good. And I could have come out to them a lot earlier than I did, but I suppose it was something to do with an age thing. It was just like, it somehow felt like I had to do it at that point. So you um you came out recently.
2: Uh, do you regret not coming out earlier?
3: Um, I don't regret it because it it wouldn't have been any different. If you see what I mean, it's not yeah. like I had a chance to, and I didn't. I I didn't think of doing it until recently. So yeah. So no, but. I feel like if I was a young person now, it would be easier to do it earlier because the conversation has moved on quite a lot and people are a bit more... Like somebody I used to work with kind of said, oh, you know, the young people have had a town hall meeting about this and they're all cool with it. And it's just that the people who are over the age of whatever it is are still stuck in this kind of 80s mentality of... Yeah, well, we snapchatted Section your invite, so you didn't get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So because I'm, <laughs> because I'm on snail mail, I wasn't invited to the town hall, unfortunately.
2: So the final question is, uh, what does coming out mean to you? Which I'm really hoping that eventually I'll find a less bad...
3: Well, or keep asking it and people will start... Yeah. Preparing the answer in advance. <laughs> Unfortunately, I haven't. Um, well, it means um, it means freedom, essentially, and being able to breathe. Um, because I want to be able to be myself with people. And that has become increasingly part of being myself and, and important, I suppose. And, and I want to be... It's like... It's like baby on board stickers in cars, right? Which is, which I spent the longest time looking at the backs of cars with baby on board stickers and thinking, why have you put that there? Because it's not like I was going to smash into the back of you, but now I'm not going to because I'm thinking, oh, there's a baby in the car. But it's more, (laughs) then I, then I worked out that the only reason that that is useful is when it is a lot of baby on board stickers in cars. I, you're driving along and you see 30 or 40 of them on your, on your journey And it helps to remind you as you're driving that these are not just metal boxes that you're swerving around. They have people in them. They have babies in them. And so the more out people there are, the more it's a thing. And coming out is mostly important personally. But I also want to be somebody who is part of like a bigger group of people and therefore is more more visible. And by visibility is a thing which is discussed sometimes in that the more of that there is, the less it can just be dismissed by people who are just like, well, that's not really a thing. You need to make your mind up. Mm. Uh, Okay.
2: I didn't really have I just agree with that (laughs) (laughs) statement. I do not have a follow up question. Uh, So that's everything. That's all the questions. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Um, You've been listening to me, Karis Bradley. I'd like to say a couple of thank yous to the other people who've worked on this project. So Alex Lathbridge, who has helped with the hosting of the podcast and also the compiling of of the music that you've heard um, and to Scary Boots for creating our incredible artwork. Please subscribe, review, tell your friends, spread the word. Um, And if you want to get involved and be interviewed on the podcast, then there's a link um, on the website and in the bio of our, our Twitter. So there's a little form that you can fill out. I hope you have a lovely day.